Thank you for listening to Servants for Christ. In all that we do, in all that we say, we want to give glory and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning us in as we get into the wonderful Word of God. For the next few minutes, let's take the beautiful Word of God and share it with each and every one of you as we have a sense of anticipation to take the Word of God and to listen to its truth for each and every one. chapter 5 verses 12 through 18 as we continue our series Lord teach us to pray. I'm glad that we've already talked about God's hand and Daniel's prayer in Daniel chapter 5 and Daniel chapter 6 and then we talked about the way believers should pray in Matthew chapter 6 and Philippians chapter 4 amen. Here tonight in James chapter 5 verses 12 through 18 I want to talk to you about praying through your pain. Praying through your pain. In this series, Lord teaches to pray. We're talking about prayer that is communicating with God. That how that prayer assumes a relationship with God. The God that we serve is an eternal creator who welcomes us into his presence. He wants us to come before him boldly because we're his children. And so the study of prayer assumes that we get to talk to God because it's amazing. And we're privileged to speak to him. And he listens to us. And our God is not some man-made idol with ears but that, can, that, that cannot hear, hear. But he's listening. He's the listening one who delights in the prayers of the righteous. And so, a well-known pastor once said that if he was on his deathbed, one of the last things that he would say to church members is, pace yourself for the long haul. This is something all believers need to understand because God intends for us to endure from start to finish. And I'm glad that at the end of Paul's life, he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, he talked about, he said, the time has come for my departure. I've fought a good fight. I've finished a race. I've kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And so, you know what? Does praying help with our pain? Through prayer, we release control of our pain to a higher power. And in doing so, we relieve ourselves of the burden of pain and the stress that it causes. The result is more positive feelings and improved sense of contentment. There are three powerful prayers, the prayer of protection, the prayer of transformation, and the prayer of restoration. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you with the healing hands of God, you've got to believe that he will not only take your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit, but I'm glad that the most precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ, uh, that he will touch you and bring a time of healing to your weakness and pain and sustain you in your grace and your strength and courage, amen. And so I thank God as we look at the word of God, each and every one of us, let's open with a a time of prayer uh, to pray uh, for the needs uh, this night. Father, I ask your prayer 
and your need upon uh, the wonderful Word of God. As we get into it, Lord, I ask you to help us, uh, Lord, be someone that prays and how to pray through our pains. Give us the ability, Father, as we look to you for all things in our life, Lord, Father, because we know that there's so many folks that are selfish. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, as the seasons of prayer, that we pray in times of trouble, times when it's uh, uh, happy times, and Lord, we pray when it's sick times, and we pray to restore the sinners. And so, Lord, help us to be the example of prayer as we share this message of praying through your pain that it will reach the those ones that need to be reached in the name of Jesus Christ before it's too late. In Jesus we pray, amen. Now, when we look at the Word of God, the Bible tells us in verse 12, but above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. In verse 18 of James chapter 5, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him. In verse 20, Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Now here is a classic passage on the Bible of how to pray when you're in pain. And I'm going to tell you, when we just got through reading this, first prayer is mentioned five times in four verses. A passage about how to pray when you're in pain. Secondly, he mentions four kinds of situations. He talks about emotionally distressing situations. He talks about relative, uh, uh, relative, uh, uh, happy situations. He talks about physical painful situations. He talks about spiritual harmful situations. But then the third thing that I want you to notice, the key sentence is the last part, almost the last verse that's in verse 16 that he talks about. He says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so, but I want you to say, go back just a little bit further than that and read this. Because he says, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And you know, I'm glad that each and every one of us, the prayer uh, uh, of a person living right is powerful. The Greek word uh, is the word energy uh, that's effective, that's powerful. Amen. And so I thank God. That's what's so effective, amen. That's what's so powerful that it availeth much because it's an enormous power with prayer. Prayer is our greatest privilege because we get to talk to God. Prayer is our greatest power because we it can do whatever God can do. Prayer is the greatest potential for relieving pain and prayer is the greatest prescription for any situation you face in life. 
you can pray about it. When my mom, I didn't know at the time was going to be her last uh, thing on earth, I began to pray with her. My mom was a prayer warrior. When she was hurting and in pain, she called me over and she says, I want you to pray with me, son. And so I began to pray with her when she was hurting, when her leg had been uh, had a, a hairline fracture in it and she was in so much pain before she went to rehab. We began to hold hands and we began to pray. I remember Dot Allison years ago. She was my prayer partner. And oh my God, she was in so much pain one day. And uh, I went over and not only did I pray with her, I began to sing the old hymns with her. And as we sung the hymns, the pain that was in her life, it began to dissipate because she began to reflect on the glory of God. And so prayer is the greatest provision that you can give to somebody else. It's a gift. And I'm glad that in our message tonight, I want to show you how to pray for healing for yourself, how to pray for healing for other people who are sick. And so tonight we ask three questions. When should we pray for healing? How do we pray for healing? And the third question, what kind of person can pray for healing? First of all, when you're praying through your pain, I'm going to tell you, when we should pray for healing, we see in verse 12, but above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. In verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. I'm glad. That's exactly what I did with Dot Jenkins. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, I did pray with Dot Jenkins, but also uh, uh, Dot Allison uh, that I prayed with as well. I remember uh, uh, Dot Jenkins. I was there on a Saturday, and uh, I began to hug her neck, and I prayed with her, and that was the last time that I saw her because she went on to be with the Lord. And also Dot Allison, that was my prayer warrior for many years as I was at People's Valley, amen. And so I'm glad that the passage in James mentions three Pacific times that says, first, I should pray for healing when I'm feeling emotional pain and when I'm feeling emotional pain. It said, listen, that it told me. It said, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Are any of you, when you're in trouble, Hey, well, you need to pray. And if you're happy, you need to sing songs. I'm going to tell you, troubles is a word. And the Greek, that's a word for stress or mental or emotional suffering. Trouble means to be stressed out, that your mind is troubled. Your heart is troubled. You're on the edge. You're ready to give up. In other parts of the Bible, the word trouble, uh, that means you're ready to give up. It's a hardship. It means that when you're going through a hard time, you're stressed out and you're ready to throw in the towel. But I'm telling you, each and every one of you, when we go through life, uh, I'm talking about, you may be uh, had a week of hardness. Maybe you've had a week that's been so eternal, distressful because of all of the circumstances when things are hard in your life that you need to pray. When you're stressed out, when you're stressed to the limit, you need to pray. When your heart is breaking into a thousand pieces, you need to pray. When tension is at its all-time high, you need to pray. When troubles are coming at you faster than you can bat them away, you need to pray. When you had one of those days or one of those weeks or one of those months, you need to pray. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. You say, well, what do you need to pray about? You, when your heart is troubled, a good place to start is just ask God for wisdom. And I'm glad that every one of us 
Asking God for wisdom uh, is one of the greatest things that we could ever do, praise God. And so here we go through life and we begin to ask the Lord uh, to be there. So I'm glad that the uh, uh, every one of us as we go through life, amen, uh, we tell the Bible talks about three kinds of sickness. The first is the sickness for death. The second is a sickness for discipline. And the third is a sickness for the glory of God. I'm glad everybody gets the sickness eventually. If you didn't ever get the sickness for death, nobody would ever die. But I'm going to tell you, uh, if you're going to get the sickness for death one time in your life, it's a sickness that's going to kill you. God does not intend for you to live forever on this earth. He wants you to live forever, just not on this earth. He wants you in heaven. And so everybody gets this illness, which is the sickness of death eventually. You're going to deal with it in your family. And if you ain't never dealt with it in your family, you've been extremely blessed. But I'm going to tell you, I've dealt with it for so many times and so many over the past few years, especially during the pandemic, that no one else but pastors knows exactly what I know and how I feel. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says in John 11 and 1 John 5, sometimes you're praying for somebody to be healed. And God said, it's the sickness for death. It's the one that I'm going to take them home with. And all of the praying in the world is, is not going to change that. I'm going to tell you something. That's a hard reality to face. But I've faced it many times over the years as I've went into many homes of the parishioners. And so the, the second kind of sickness is a sickness for discipline. That's when God uses illness and the kind of illness to get our attention, to point us in a new direction. If something is wrong in our lives, we see this sickness for discipline. In 1 Corinthians 11, that's a time when we go, and I thank God uh, that God allows us to be able to go and, and, and get in trouble. Maybe you don't eat a bunch of sugar and you know you got diabetes. I can't blame God for that. That's a sickness for discipline because you know you need to watch what you're eating. You need to watch your intake. You need to take care of yourself better as a steward of God because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so then there's the third kind of sickness, a sickness that Jesus has called for the glory of God. God can get glory either way in your illness. He can get glory by healing you miraculously, or he, you can give him the credit, or he can heal you by your attitude toward the chronic illness, being one of submission and trust and quiet peacefulness and say, God, I'm going to trust you even in my pain. That brings glory to God. And so you don't have to get healed for you to bring glory to God. But I'm going to tell you something. There might be a lot of wrong, even crazy ideas about healing that are floating around out in the world in America uh, tonight. But just as your pastor who cares about you, who loves you, that wants you not to get swiped, sideswiped or deterred by all of these different groups out there. One of the groups that's out there that uh, of all these sensationalists, these flamboyant healers that you see on TV, they blow some air in your face and they want you to fall on the ground. Uh, and you know what? I believe in healing. I believe in miraculous healing. But I also believe that there's a time that you need to turn it over to the Lord. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. All of these ones that are out there that are just manipulating and all of the things that are going on out there, God can do those things. But it's it's sad that many of them, that the Bible says in the Word that it creates a lot of false guilt and shame which are never of God. If you're feeling guilt and shame, it's not from God. But that name it and claim it confessionist, they turn to God into a, a genie where he lives to serve every whim and every need and every command that's like a vending machine. God don't work like that. 
God knows you need before you ask it. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes he'll discipline you, as I said. But there's other times when you just got to take it and go with the pain and give glory to God anyway and let God begin to use you in a mighty way. But you put in prayer. And I'm glad that God turns to each and every one of us because he knows exactly how far our limits are, how far that we can suffer according to God's will, amen. And so I thank God there's so many out there that's like that. And so when you pray through your pain, when we should be praying for healing, how do we pray for healing is the second one. In verses 14 and 15, the Bible says, is any, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. In verse 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. I'm going to tell you something. When you write this down first, you need to ask the spiritual leaders of your church family to pray for you. The Bible says, is any one of you sick? Then you need to call for the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And I'm glad that each and every one of us that's what uh, pastors and deacons and bishops and elders are good for. They're the ones that are the prayer warriors in the church that you can call them around you for a healing meeting, amen. A healing time, praise God. Get around the altar and pray, amen. And I'm glad that... Uh, uh, anoint them with oil. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And all throughout the Bible, it's a symbol of God's presence. There's no magic power in any oil any more than there's no magic power in the water of baptism. It's just water. The juice that we drink or the wine that we drink, that is simply just juice or wine. And so it's not the magic power of oil or anointing oil. It's the faith that it represents. And by the way, the kind of oil makes no difference at all. You can have any kind of oil that you want to use, any kind that you use, praise God, but you mean it with all of your heart, praise God. And so I'm glad that each and every one of us, the emphasis not in the, uh, uh, in the oil, but the power of the oil. And it's on the power of prayers so that you can call the leaders together and have them to pray for you. And so I thank God there are two qualifications for, for prayer that creates healing. First, it has to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is the healer. Healing is based on God's character, not who you are, who I am. So we pray in the name of the Lord. The second qualification for prayer that creates healing is that we pray in faith. And so Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and then he rewards those who are earnestly seek him. And so there's one more category of pain that I want you to don't miss out on as we're praying through pain, praise God. Each and every one of us, as we go through uh, the anxiety of all the things that we're dealing with, amen. As you're praying through pain, I talked about in verses 12 and 13, when should we pray for healing? Secondly, in verses 14 and 15, I talked about how do we pray for healing? But thirdly, in verse 17, what kind of person can pray for healing? I'm glad that we read in verses 16 and 17. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But in verse 17, check this out. In James chapter 5, Elias was a man subject, or that is Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Going on down to verse 18. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. In other words, 
Don't you have to be some kind of a spiritual giant first? No. Any believer can pray for anyone else who needs healing. You can be used by God to bring healing in someone's life. You don't have to be somebody special. There's a lot of Christians that feel inferior. And uh, you know what? All you got to do is be a man or a woman of God. And I'm glad that if you're not a man or woman of God, you cannot pray. You don't have the ability to pray. You've got to be a born-again Christian. And I'm glad that many Christians feel inferior. They're unwilling to ask God for things in prayer because God's done so much for me. Why should I ask Him to heal me or anything else for that matter? But I'm going to tell you, some people say, I'm just unworthy to ask for healing in prayer or miracles because I'm having a hard time all of the temptation that I'm going to. But James ends this passage on how to pray when you're in pain by reminding us of a man named Elijah. Do you notice that I read that passage earlier that it's all talking about prayer and healing? Then all of a sudden, he just throws in a man by the name of Elijah. Why in the world did he do that? The last passage in James chapter 5, verse 17, Elijah was a man just like us. He was a man uh, that prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Later, he prayed, prayed that it would rain, and down came a gully washer, a drenching refreshment that the entire nation needed. Now, why does God bring up Elijah when he's talking about how to pray when you're in pain? There are two reasons. First, this man's life, Elijah, was filled with miracles, and these miracles happened simply because he prayed. There were so many amazing miracles in his life simply because an ordinary man prayed. Just as important though, God tells us that Elijah was not some superhero. He was not some super saint of faith. He was not anything particularly special. Not a super saint. He was just an ordinary man like you and I who believed in an extraordinary God. And the Bible says as a result, all kinds of miracles happened. And Elijah was a man just like us. And so, praying for healing is not just for the spiritual elite. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for ordained missionaries. It's for all of us. It's your right. It's your blessing. It's your responsibility as a part of the family of God. I'm still praying for a lot of the church members where I used to pastor. And a lot of people that uh, before that. But I'm going to tell you. If you look back in the Old Testament that shows how Elijah battled all of the common problems, Elijah at one point was overcome with fear. He had a problem with anger management. He got lonely. The Bible tells us that he was worried. The Bible says that he had an emotional burnout. He's a man just like us. God mentions Elijah because the lessons of his life is this. You don't have to be perfect to pray and get answers. You don't have to be perfect to pray and see people be healed from prayers. The good news, I don't know where you need healing tonight. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be healed. Maybe you need to be healed in your body. Maybe your back or something in your stomach or something in your mind. Maybe your heart is heavy. Your mind is confused. Maybe you struggle with a mental illness. Maybe you've got financial needs and need a healing in your marriage or a child or a relative or a parent or a father or a mother. But I tell you this. You need to be a church that believes God answers prayer. He doesn't always answer them our way. He doesn't always answer them in our timing. But he always answers prayer in the way that is best for us. We're an imperfect church for an imperfect people who are willing to admit our weaknesses. Confess your faults one to another. 
Pray for one another and you can be healed. But my dream for each and every one of you, Facebook, churches, is a place of healing. A place where people feel so loved, so accepted unconditionally that they dare to share their weaknesses and their struggles and their sins and their temptations. Why? Because nobody has it all together. That's why we need each other. That's why I need you and you need me. And as pastors and as preachers, we need to uh, be just like them in that need to pray for each and every one uh, another. Amen. And so with our heads bowed, uh, as we begin to pray, there's four things I want you to remember when you're praying through pain. Number one, God cares about you and what you're going through. The pain, the burdens that you have, amen. Secondly, be completely honest with God. Cry out, plead for his mercy. Pour out everything, all of your troubles to him. Open up to him, amen, and all of the things that you're going through. Be real with God, even when it's unfiltered. And I'm glad that you can trust God in confidence and in your friendship. Third thing, when you don't have the words to pray, lean into the Holy Spirit in Scripture, amen. When your heart is too overwhelmed and your thoughts are too scattered to know how to talk to God, there's a few things that can help you. Pray the phrases from the Bible. Pray the Psalms that help you express your emotions. Pray the New Testament prayers over your situation, amen. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you express your heart to God and pray about your situation according to God's will, amen. And so I thank God. And the fourth thing, the most important, say thank you, Lord. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. I'm telling you, as David and other psalmists in Scripture, they processed pain and difficulty with God, but they praised God and they reminded themselves of his promises in the midst of their limitations. It's a model for us for reminding ourselves who God is and what he's done in the past that fills us with hope and what he can do in the presence for each and every one of us because the Christian life is a journey. It's a marathon. God wants to see you through to the very end. He wants you to endure. James used uh, Job as an example. Job went some, through some hard times. He used Elijah as an example. God is full of compassion and mercy and he's willing to bless us the same way. You want to develop endurance. You want to have the right attitude toward money and all the other things in life today. But I hope that you'll practice that with the Lord and ask Him to be a help through the praying through of pain that He will be the blessing that you seek in the time. Father, I pray for a healing, an emotional healing, a physical healing, a financial healing, a healing of relationships, friendships, families, marriages tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord, do only what you can do. Lord, we're going to do what you told us to do. That you've told us if we're sick, if we're sad, if we're stressed, if we're guilty, no matter what happens in our lives, that we're to come to you and pray. And I pray for these who will be praying and anointing with oil that this would be a holy moment, a spiritual moment, even as we have times in our churches and our families we come with thanksgiving on our lips. Lord, as you turn around our lives, give us the courage to ask for prayer, to receive it. And Lord, you said we have not because we ask not. And we pray through our pain in Jesus' marvelous mighty name.